Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire takes jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And uh, usually he's taking us back, back to a certain decade, certain era. And uh, I'm feeling a 70s vibe here. Am I in the yes, 70s? Yes. Feel the 70s. Felt the 60s with the uh, the Beach Boys one. You kind of feel the. You can feel a song's decade. I feel, I believe that. Yeah, there's a few songs that. Right? Now, not that every are, song, but most songs. Yeah, there's songs. a few like, but kids especially. We should be able to. do That should be a game. Where you should be able to play a song and then whoever names the decade first. Yeah. You ain't got to know the song or really, but that you should be able to tell the decade, the decade just from if you listen to enough music like oh. 60s, 70s, 80s. 80s is probably the most distinct of all musical decades, in my opinion. Yeah, it's always those ones, though. It's like 88 to 92. Yeah, it could get you. That's true. The end of the decade to get you what they... Yes, a great point. That's where it gets tough. They're like 69, like 59 and 61. Like, you can't really tell. Yeah, that's real close. Yeah, when you're in the meat of it, though, you should be able to tell. Like, yeah. And hip-hop should be the easiest, honestly. Hip-hop be the easiest to tell. Maybe your 2000s, you could get mixed up in your mid-2000s. That got to yeah. get you. From like 05. But as long as you say 2000s, you good. Well, I'm talking about decade, though. Oh, so you got 2010s, be... like 2000s. Like I got 20, you. And then 2010s, and then your 2000s, and your 2020s. You know, you okay. might get mixed up in the 2000s. Like to the 2000 to 2010 can mix you up. Like 05 to 2015. Okay. I'll admit that might mix you up a little bit. Yeah, that definitely will. In terms of hip-hop? Because it, it's not necessarily that distinct. Hip-hop after... And some guys have been around for a long time, and they have different sounds during those decades. That is just Snoop. Yeah. Snoop's one of them guys. And he's changed his name like 12 times. <laughs> Snoop Lion. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I want to see now, do we know? Yeah, I, I think he's still Snoop, or he might be D-O-double-G right And remember now. we looked it up, and they still, like, basically Snoop is still making new albums. Like, right. And, like I don't know, and I don't know why. Yeah, and I was, no, he's still making new albums. You don't realize that. And be like, no, he's no, he's still. You just don't. Yeah. You don't necessarily buy him, but Snoop is making new albums all the time. Uh, okay, we got to get some uh, Longhorn uh, football discussion here, which we will. Um, you can always be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Hards at Hardball Hards in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. The uh, Hards Knock Life, which is coming up in about 15 to 
to 20 minutes, it's going to be a damn good one. Hell, they all good, but the last couple of days, Hard just knocked it out of the park, some grand slams, because he's getting you inside, behind-the-scenes info that you wouldn't get anywhere else from people who actually are intimately knowledgeable from some of the biggest of some of the biggest sports stories in the world. Yeah. Shohei Otani and today Wimby. Yep. And my how man, you doing? Tayshaun, my man Tayshawn Thomas, who is a former teammate of Wimbenyama from this season. So he's got a chance to actually have firsthand locker room conversation, travel. We'll get a, we'll get all the dirt. Oh yeah, and he's a pretty doggone good player himself. That's pretty down. And he's still playing with the Metropolitan. Yeah, he's still playing with he's the Metropolitan. Over there. Yeah. Okay, uh, we can ask him about that too. Uh, no doubt. So that's pretty cool. We appreciate Hart. So we'll get out early so we can make plenty of time uh, for Hart's Knock Life coming up next segment in about uh, fifteen minutes or so, a little bit less than that. All right, Jim. Let's talk about Texas uh, Big Twelve Media Day headlines. Shout out to my man Joe Cook over at Inside Texas. Always does a good job. Uh, man works really hard. He, he does. Uh, uh, he wrote about uh, basically what we'll learn uh, at Big 12 Media Days, basically what are the biggest questions that should be answered or could be answered at Big 12 Media Days. And uh, I, I, some of these headlines actually make sense. The team leaders, I do believe yep. that is one of those, let's say the mile marker, where it is one of those occasions where the coaches are almost obligated to name or signal out, or you know, I mean, t- uh, team leaders. Put the leaders. big C on there too. Yes, yeah, yep. the captains. Yep. That's a good point. I know yep. he, they haven't officially said that, but right. we assume <clears throat> that the group that's headed to Arlington, um, or, is it Arlington? Right. Dallas. Is it Dallas? It's, it's, Arlington? it's Arlington. Is Arlington again? Yeah, Jerry okay. World. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It, we assume that's where uh, you know those guys are. Some of the guys who will be captains, the guys he has taken there, and right now we know it's going to be Xavier Worthy. Um, also going to end up being Quinn Ewers, of course, taking a quarterback, uh, Jade Barron, uh, Jalen Ford, and Jay Witt are your guys yeah. represented at Big 12 Media Days. And so, I, like, I like the group. It it's a, a group. really good group of guys that <laughs> I just don't know how much you're going to get from an Xavier Worthy. He doesn't talk that much. I really? Mean, no, he doesn't? He's, he's I, not, I, I haven't been to a you – go, you go to the media yeah, days, the media he's availability. He's not a guy so. that, that's got a lot of conversation for you. Interesting. He, he seems like he got a lot of swagger. He does definitely have the swagger. Talks a lot of trash but, on the field. But sometimes it's more about, you know, how you can – you're going up against your opponent, so you always have something to say against that guy. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a different setting that's not your setting, that's fair. he may not he, – he doesn't like to give too much information. Let's okay. just say that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair about that. And honestly, leadership. But Jaday and, and, Jaday and Jordan, they will talk. Jay Witt talks a lot. Yeah. Jay Witt's been comfortable talking for a while. For a while. Um, and I agree. I, and I'm glad Jay Witt's on that list of being uh, – he's a, he's a natural leader. Yep. That group. And he's been through a lot. A lot of adversity that he's had to face. And any time he's faced that adversity, I think he's been an example. No uh, Being able to overcome it. And last year had his best year. Really, I don't say best year. He just stayed healthy. <laughs> I think we all know he was capable yeah. of having really good years. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, but getting back to it, I do think leadership is an issue because last year Rojo was the unquestioned leader of the group last year. And Bijan, almost by default because he was the best player, was also – one of the top leaders, and he lost both of those guys. And you lost some of that leadership on defense. Mm-hmm. We know that Moro Ojimo, just based on the time that he spoke up 
uh, how passionately he feels about the Texas brand and about the family uh, that is Texas football. So that guy, definitely a leader in the locker room. I think that was established. We know that DeMarvion Overshone had been there enough to establish himself as a leader, and he was a vocal leader as well. And Keandre Coburn just was he was an he was a he was basically kind of a veteran figure just because he was an OG. Yeah, he had been there long as long as anyone. <laughs> exactly, and I think he had you know established himself and gained a lot of respect in the locker room. So they lost a ton of leadership, but that's good. It's supposed to be replaced every year, mm-hmm. um, and this year some guys have to step up. Quinn Ewers will have to step up in that role, and I think the guys that obviously he brought to Big Twelve Media Days uh, naturally should feel that burden that obligation of being leaders on the team and stepping up in that way. Well, and the funny part about it, too, for me, is mm-hmm. when you start looking at Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. and got a chance to see his growth mm-hmm. um, at the end of the season last year. When they went to the Alamo Bowl, he was very vocal on the yeah, sideline. He, he was somebody that finally was like, you know what, this is about to be my team. Bijan's not there. Well, they were there. but uh, And Rojo's <laughs> not there. They were there. But um, they were not supposed to be in the huddle. So mm-hmm. I see those guys being able to – I see Quinn Ewers being able to take that step. Obviously, we know what Jordan Whittington's about. But also on the defensive side of the ball, you need a Jalen Ford and a Jade, Bar- Jade Barron to be those type of vocal leaders to get everybody lined up. I look at Tavondre Sweat. I mean, you've gone through it, bro. You've been Mm. there in the trenches from day one, so you know what it's about. I look for him to be a leader as well. Got to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, JT Sanders is another guy. I mean, he's not going to Big 12 media days, but he's got to be another guy that I'm sure he's looked at as a leader on that team just because he's one of the best players on the team. Think about being a leader for any uh, athletic team, organization, program, whatever it may be. It's tough to be a leader if you're not, Leading by example, right. you have to lead by example. The guys in a locker room have to look at you as one of the better players, the guys who's performing and producing. Mm-hmm. And then you can be a vocal leader they'll listen to. It's only one position where you don't necessarily have to be producing and performing at a high level to be a vocal leader and call and holding others accountable, and that's quarterback. Yeah. Because it's a natural leadership position, and you're almost just given, once you win that job. It's you. Yeah, you're given that respect of, all right, you're a leader, we'll yep. follow you because you won that job at that position. But every other position, you got to be performing at a high level. Nothing worse for the culture of a sports team period for somebody who sucks and who's terrible and who's making mistakes and out there you know not doing their job and somebody who's not performing at a high level and they are still talking and trying to hold others accountable yeah that is the worst thing and yeah. usually it doesn't happen because people who aren't performing at a high level they have the humility to say all yeah. right i'm gonna shut up i need yeah. to focus on me and get my damn job done before i call anybody out and they normally let you know that they're not listening to you right off the rip exactly nothing hush no, your mouth man you ain't made a play all year exactly <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah. to upset you more and offend yeah. you more it's like hold up you calling me out of a mistake i made and you or yeah. not handling exactly. your business. You're not doing your damn job. Exactly. And it's just bad for the culture. What you want is every, a guy's performing at a really high level. And so, the standard is so high because everybody's performing at such a high level that you can call each other out. Yep. And that's what you really want. And, and right now, these are the guys that are expected to be performing at a high level where, hey, they can call out teammates because, hey, Jalen Ford, he set the standard. Mm-hmm. J.A. Barron has set the standard. Jay Witt, X-Man, set the standard. J.T. Sanders set the standard. Kelvin Banks. Set the standard so they can call out. And you got enough of those guys, then you can hold everybody accountable to the standard. Absolutely. But you got to set it first. Everybody's going to be. You got to be the standard first. Yep. 
So and it's not follow the leader if the leader's not willing to be followed either. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you got to be, that, be guy. that guy. And sometimes you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, and some people aren't built for that. Then so, you got to be able to weed that person out too. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, yeah. everybody's not built for it. Then you don't be the vocal leader. You exactly. Just go worry about hey man handling business and doing your job, and that's fine because the, the team needs every, they need all the different role players ding, 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 function ding. at a high level, and everybody can't be the vocal leader. And nope. I wasn't always the vocal leader. I wasn't the vocal leader until two thousand two, pretty much. Right. Because before that, because I had guys had that leaders. were that were had leaders that were guys who yep. were taking on that role. Yep. I had Quentin Jammers before me, and I had guys like Ahmad Brooks before me. I had really good players before me. But you were astute enough uh, to understand that. Yeah, and, I waited and waited for yeah. your time because you knew it was coming. Yeah, and I observed all yep. those guys and their yep. leadership tactics and skills, and, and you said, saw what you liked and what, and what you I didn't like. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And yep. I was like, all right, you know what? When it falls to me, this is how Rod yep. B's secondary. This is how we gonna handle business. Right. This is gonna be our standard. Right. Um, but I had to be the standard at that time and. You have enough guys, I, I believe, like Jay Witt, X-Men, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers, hopefully now, J.T. Sanders in that conversation, Jaday Barron, Jalen Ford, who are willing f- to be the standard, but that's a lot of pressure. Right. Because you got to play well. Ton, yes, you got to play you got, well consistently. You got to be every consistent. Game. That's the main thing right yeah, there. Yeah, every practice, every game, you got to be the standard. So guys go, damn, man, Rod B, damn, he's staying at the practice. He's uh, he's, he's there early in practice. He's working hard. Man, I got I to gotta make sure my players like him. He doesn't make any mistakes, no mental mistakes, always yep. the first one, finishing the drills fast, all that stuff. That's a lot of burden. It is. That's stressful. And like you said, everybody can't do it, and that's fine. Everybody ain't built then for it. Get to the side, and that's okay. Yeah, let other things happen. Let other guys way. lead. Yep. That's yep. okay. Just handle your business. Just handle your business. And so that way you can stay in the lineup. There you go. Yep. So I think that's where the, the <clears throat> that's where the roster may be right now. So I'm looking forward to those guys stepping up in that role. Um, something else I saw from 247 Sports, and then we'll be quick with this because I want to get to the special guests we got coming up on Harsh Knock Life. So 247 Sports came out with their all preseason uh, Big 12 coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Inter- I've never actually seen any publication do this, so it's kind of an interesting experiment by them. So basically they took all the coaches in the Big 12 and they designated them um, for an all Big 12 coaching staff and put them in different roles, obviously, with their coaching staff. Only one head coach, but one OC, one DC, that kind of thing. Um, they got the head, the head coach of the all Big Twelve coaching staff, mm-hmm. Chris Kleiman. Hey, we've been talking about him. They we all him. believe that he's probably, well, obviously they mm. think so. They think the so. best coach in the in the conference, yeah, because we've seen him do it in a very short period of time. But we've also seen him do it in a big time atmosphere at the Division uh, One AA level. Yep. Winning championships. He's that guy. He is so that I, guy. I, 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 can't be, I can't be disappointed mm. with that pick. Won the Big 12 last year, and, yeah, I mean, it looks like he can be, uh, it, it, depending on how the Wildcats, you know, finish this year, like he could be considered to be uh, the best big, best coach in the Big 12. I mm-hmm. think Sark should also be in that conversation. Sark they have as the offensive coordinator <laughs> here. They got uh, Steve Sark, he's their OC, which makes sense. Best offensive mind in the Big 12. Yeah. With Lincoln Riley gone, and you know, right now, I don't think there's a better offensive mind in the Big Twelve. Is there? Not that I mean, unless you. What is Lance Leipold? 
That's true. I mean, where, no, where no, do you no, put him no. at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's Cole that Tanik, guy. I think it's Kotelaniki is his yeah. uh, OC. I'll, I'll probably screwed that name up. But, yeah, yeah no, that's a, that's a nice offensive think tank. Yep, it is. They, they come up with a lot of they creativity do? stuff. So. Uh, that's a great point. No, yeah. no, no. They might be in the conversation, too. They got Pete Kwiatkowski as the defensive coordinator yeah. on the All-Big 12 coaches team. I think John Haycock. I mean, I thought we were. I, I could thought deserve he would have to been, be there too. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, and Pete Kwiatkowski has done a great job. And this is, I'm sure, maybe based on what he's done before he got to Texas too. Uh, but in the Big Twelve specifically, John Haycock has pioneered and popularized a defensive concept that the NFL has now stolen. We've seen it in the Super Bowl versus Patrick Mahomes. We've seen the SEC teams take it uh, with the three high, three down defense. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think. Pete Kwiatkowski's been great. If, if um, we're going but I would with, put John Haycock there, too. If we're going with before, doesn't Venables get it? Uh, it's a good point, Venables. Yes, agreed. I there mean, you go. If we're going to no. say before, yep. he's clearly got the track, the, the record. That also agreed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Both I, players in the NFL thought, probably. Yeah. Never, yeah. Yeah. I think they got that one wrong. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you can go Venables over the Haycock one. Yeah. Agreed. Because, I mean, how many yeah. players in the NFL went to Clemson? Yep. I, I'm with you. Nope. <laughs> they I, actually have Haycock on the second team in the All-Big 12. Yeah. He's the second Where's team Venables? defensive Is Venables corner. on there? He's not on there. Wow. Yeah. I agree with Patrick on the Venables thing, though. I, I like Haycock because of his, you know, the three high. popularizing the three high. But, I mean, Venables' track record and resume is as good as anybody's yeah. defensive coordinator-wise. Yep. Uh, they got Jeff Banks as the special teams coordinator. I don't disagree with that. He is damn good. He's man. really, really Texas good at his Texas special teams job. has yeah. been top 15, top 20 both years. Uh, hell, probably even top ten, depending on what metric you're looking at. Yeah. Since Jeff Banks has been here, and they just hired Joe D. Camillus. Yeah, who's yeah. going? He's one of the best coaches too. That's in right. the NFL. Yeah. Um. Oh, someone says Dave Aranda too, guys. Forgot That's about true. him. He did. I, I do think they're right. I think because Sark didn't hire an OC, but I think Venables may have an actual DC. Oh, I know, but that. So the, no, but if you're saying Sark is the acting OC because there isn't one for Texas, that's why he falls into that range because he's technically Texas head coach and offensive coordinator. Because Cal Flood's not the offensive coordinator; he's just the assistant. So they may fall on that like semantical argument. That's true. Maybe they did. Decide. Maybe they went by play calling. I don't know if Venable calls plays for the defense yeah. or not. They yeah, may have right. gone by that. Maybe they didn't do that. Maybe because, they went yeah, specifically with. Because if you're saying yeah. Venables and Aranda are not ahead a of. That's true. Then I'm going to go with it. semantically that's their argument. That's You might have a good point there. Maybe that is it too, that they just went with the guys who are actually at that level of that position. Right. Yeah. Because right. Sark, Sark, Sark does is both. a play caller. Sark does both. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. That's a good point. Um, and Sark made it perfectly clear that he does both. And he ain't changing. And he's not Some changing. Some Longhorn fans right. would like him to hire an OC. He's not hiring a play call on, nope. or an OC. I'm gonna let him ride. With uh, him. Yeah. Well, this year will determine a lot. Yeah. He's got Kendall Brow. They got Kendall Browse as their uh, QB coach here. Mm-hmm. Um, they got uh, the offensive line coach is Connor Riley of K State. Um, Kendall Browse, by the way, is with TCU. Yes. Uh, for those who uh, can't keep up, he has changed destinations a couple of times in the last few years. Uh, the receivers coach they got Casey Down of Oklahoma State. Uh, the tight ends coach is Joe 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 John Finley. Oh, mm-hmm. Joe shady John. name. 
Shady name. Don't trust that guy. I mean, Joe look, John? look at that picture of him. He looks like a Joe I John. I would not trust him if I was a recruit. He's recruiting me. I'm like, your name is Joe John? No. No, sir. Oklahoma hey, Joe t- John's on the phone. No, we ain't. <laughs> exactly. Joe John. Um, defensive line coach is Todd Bates of Oklahoma. Uh, they got the linebackers coach is Tyson Veit mm-hmm. of Iowa State. Probably got that name wrong. Um, DB coach is John Cl- Joe Klanderman of K-State. The, state a, coach, the whole K-State staff looks like well, that's what they we're They got like three or four of them guys. Yeah. On there. yeah, the DB coaches, David Gibbs of UCF. You're right. They love the K-State's coaching staff. And that's K-State, right? They do more with less. Yep. So they got to be damn good at yep. coaching and development scheme and strategy. Uh, so there you go. The all-Big 12 uh, coaching staff. They do like the Texas coaches, though, because they give love to all of them as uh, the coordinators uh, for Sark and Kwiatkowski and for Jeff Banks. So coaching-wise, in terms of coordination, they like the Texas coordinators more than they like any of the coordinators in the Big 12. And let me ask you this. How would you feel about DeMarco Murray being the running backs coach and not Tashard Choice? And they Tashard Choice is not the second-team running no, back coach either. he's not. It's he's A.J. Not. Stewart of Baylor. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that was interesting no to me. To- yeah, because he's been listed as one of the top up-and-coming coaches, especially the under-40s. He's in the he's in the mix for it. I so. think they think that he's a great recruiter right now, and nobody wants to give him props for being for a good coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see with these other backs that we we'll got. see. With these uh, yep. it's a big year. You're it's right. a huge year. See what these backs talking about. Uh, all right, uh, what you got coming up for the people on Harsh Knock Life? We got Tayshawn Thomas from K Town, K Town, talking a little bit of uh, Wimbenyama and what the experience was all about playing with that type of player. Man, uh, good stuff coming up for Harsh Knock Life. You don't want to miss it. This is Must Listen Radio. We'll come back right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hards. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hards. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is someone that is from the 254. That's right. I said it, and I said it with my chest. We always represent from K-Town. He's a young (laughs) man that has played some college basketball uh, for the University of Houston and, of course, the Sooners. You're in Texas country. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But he's also had a chance to go overseas and became an MVP of the Israel State Cup. And he's also been to Israel – and became the league's defensive player. But we also want to talk about his time when he was playing overseas with the Metropolitans 92, one of my favorite people in the world, my man Tayshawn Thomas. What's up, Tayshawn? How you doing, bro? 
What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Can't complain. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just glad to have you on. I'm glad to see that you're back stateside and doing some good things here and getting yourself ready for another basketball season, enjoying the offseason. But let's talk a little bit about your career before we get to Wimby and your time over there. You know, you went to U of H first out of high school, and then you got a chance to go play at Oklahoma, got some time in the Big 12. What has the what was basketball like for you once at three seasons at Houston and then going to transfer to Oklahoma? Uh it was it was it was an experience, you know, like at Houston, uh the three years I had at Houston was I definitely enjoyed it, built some, you know, lifelong relationships and things like that. But uh, you know, at Houston we weren't too good. Like we weren't making a tournament at the back in that back in that time, Memphis was running our conference. They were kinda of like the the Kansas of the uh, American Conference at the time, like nobody could beat them. Uh, and then the year before, my, going into my senior year, they had the coaching change with uh, Kelvin Sampson coming in. And I knew he could, I knew he was going to turn the school around and make them good, but I knew he wasn't going to be able to do it in one year. And that's all I had left. So uh, transferring to Oklahoma was a, definitely a, a tough decision, but, you know, I don't regret it. I was able to make the tournament. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to make the tournament before I graduated college. So being able to do that and then having that big culture shock going from, you know, the big city of Houston to the college town, Norman, Oklahoma, <laughs> like it was, a, <laughs> it was a big culture shock, man. But uh, it was fun. It's something I can, I can kind of take with me and uh, I kind of hold near and dear to my heart because it was just something I got to, I got to experience two different schools, you know, and, and got the different two different college life. So, you know, my college experience was definitely very enjoyable. Hey, Tayshawn, what you know about French's fried chicken, man? Man, you know I know about that. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a baby sandwich. Hey, I'm from H-Town, man, so I just had to make sure you had to do about that French's, man. No doubt. Nah, for sure. That was, that was one of the places they stopped and took us on the first visit. So I know <laughs> oh, that already? That, yeah. They already knew where to take him. <laughs> K-Town going to French's yeah, before no getting it all started. <laughs> And then you got a chance to go overseas. You got a chance. Uh, first off, you got a chance to play in the summer league. You played for the Orlando Magic. Then you got a chance to play for the Clippers. And then you tried to find your niche, and you got a chance to go overseas. A lot of people don't truly understand what the overseas uh, basketball level of play is when you take those chances. What were some of your experiences over there in some of those other cities that you got a chance to play in? Oh, man, that was uh, another thing that, you know, it's, it's tough to explain if people don't really know basketball. I mean, even if you know basketball, you might not understand because you might not – you don't know too many people that play basketball overseas. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot of a lot of stuff quick. Going from college to turning into a pro, I learned, like, a lot about the game being political. You know, a lot about uh, – nowadays, nowadays they, they kind of draft and want people with more potential than anything. You know, so I kind of learned that really fast. And uh, going overseas was a, a, was an experience because, you know, I never, that was my first time leaving the country. My first time leaving the country was in a small city named Weissenfels, Germany. And I had a rude awakening to them not having AC in the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. that was my first memory. Like, I'll never forget that. I woke up in the morning. I mean, I got to my, got to my room, dropped my bags off. They, they left. And it's my first time, like, all right, breathing. I'm in. I'm here. Start walking around the house looking for an AC unit. Nothing. I'm like, oh, what? What's going on? Like, it's hot in this house right now. Like, I need some AC. Like, so I couldn't find someone had to go give me a fan. So 
So, and we all, we from Texas. I, I know this is every grocery store everywhere. When you walk in a grocery store, first thing you feel is the AC. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm thinking, all right, let me go to a grocery store. Maybe I'll catch a break going to a grocery store. It's the same thing. No state, no AC in there either. So, so I want to say the first, you know, week and a half, I was literally sitting in my car just running the AC for a good three weeks. <laughs> Catching it, just trying to like get used to it because it's definitely a change, like it's a culture change. Man. Like it's there. I tell everybody uh, back in the, all the time that I feel like some places in Europe are a good like ten years behind, and you know, behind the states when it comes to like luxurious things or things that we're just so used to. So, hmm. you know, I've, uh, throughout the years, there's been a lot of that, like learning about you know how to live in different countries because you know, even with being in Europe, different countries are different too. So, oh yeah, it's all been experience, man. Man, that is uh that that's fantastic. Right? So I can write a like a little sitcom one day about yeah, some no of this doubt. stuff. Hey, <laughs> let me let me ask you though about the game and how different the um, the European game is and the game overseas is compared to how guys play it here in the states. What's what have been the biggest differences in your opinion that you've noticed? Uh, the first thing the first thing I noticed is that like if you most of the time if you're an American coming to one of those countries, you're the dog. Like. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. They bringing you over there, you the go-to man nine times out of ten. Yeah. You know, you might get lucky and have a European on your uh, the European player on your team that's you know extra talent like I did this year with Victor and uh, Blau. You know, uh, but that was like that's like not that's not a that's not a normal situation. So mm-hmm. that was like one thing I had to learn as soon as I got over there. The play is the play is cool. You know, it's like some countries are different. You know, some countries they kind of play a little bit more physical. They're kind of up and down. Uh, I like it because of like you kind of have to learn a little bit more about basketball. Like you can't sometimes you can use your talent, but that doesn't take you so far. I feel like over the years of me playing basketball overseas, I've had to learn so much more about the game because you know with it being more physical and them not giving you much fouls, like. You got to You can't always just use your athleticism to beat somebody every time. So, got to like work on your feet work. You know, work on your actual game and you know get better because like just like an NBA, there's guys coming out of school looking for a job every year. So it's still cutthroat when it comes to like you know the work you got to put in. But it's different. It, the the difference it is over. It's just I feel like over. I feel like back home, it's a lot of just a lot more athleticism. Right. So whenever you find a guy extra extra athletic. Over there in Europe, they like they excel because it's like, oh, hold on, like we don't see too many people moving like this. Where you yeah. come back home, like I like for instance, I don't know if you guys see these ball of life videos on on YouTube every time. These guys are dunking everywhere, and they don't they're not like getting paid for any of the basketball that they're playing. Right, you, know, you go over there, you see somebody dunking. Most of the time, they making money. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. Right, another so it's kid. A big, it's a big, in my opinion, it's a big talent gap between not. Big because I feel like Europe is definitely getting better in that department, but it's a big talent gap between like the grand, the whole people in America and then the whole people in Europe. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part about it because DJ um, Stevens has been over there for a long time making a lot of money, and we all know he can jump out the gym. And that's where Royce O'Neal started his career. He went over and played overseas as well, and now he's getting paid by the Brooklyn Nets. We're talking to Tayshawn Thomas, uh, former player for University of Houston, also for Oklahoma. He's a K-Town. He's one of K-Town's finest, as always. That's how we do it. But I wanted to talk to you about your team. 
team from this past year. You were lucky enough to be on the Metropolitans 92, and they had one Victor Winmanyama. Obviously, it was probably y'all were like rock stars everywhere that y'all went. What was that experience like, and what type of person is Victor? We've been talking a lot about his personality and how he's going to make a lot of money away from basketball because of his personality. But what was he like as a teammate? That's crazy y'all even say that because that's first thing before even basketball. And this is coming from, like, me. This guy's a great kid, like, has a good head on his shoulders and not going to meet too many 19-year-olds that think the way he thinks that can, you know, just knows basketball. Like, literally, I've been, I'm nine years pro. Me and him this past year were just, you know, teaching each other things just to, how to just see the game differently. And I respected that just because he is who he is, like, I feel like we all know if we have a number one, a future number one draft pick that's coming into the year, he's kind of cocky. He don't really want to talk to people. Vic is completely the opposite. Like, was the goofiest guy on the team. Was very, I, came, I came to the team kind of later, so he was very welcome. He was, like, one of the first welcoming people to me, you know. So that was cool. Like, you know, just getting to know that, you know, that, that he's a genuine person, really nice guy, really comes from a good home, you know. But uh, – the thing for me that was so crazy about this year is I played against him the year before in France. So I kind of knew the hype that he had. You know, he, he blocked one of my jump shots, and that kind of <laughs> made me mad because I don't know how he even got to the jump shot to block it. So, like, <laughs> I remember how crazy it was just playing against him. So now to be his teammate, it kind of opened up my game, just having somebody that can play the way he can, you know, because I was able to kind of show my more guard skills with him being the five-man and, I was able to, like, really tap into my game. So we kind of helped each other. You know, it was a great experience because he's a talent out of this world. Like, it's just really crazy some of the things he can do that, to see he can do every day in, in practice. Yeah, so you were talking about in practice him guarding you. How many positions can he guard at, when you were playing against him in practice, and how many positions do you think he can actually guard in the NBA? So we were over there. He kind of had a – so – me and him are, like, if, if we weren't on the same team, me and him would most likely be guarding each other. Okay. You know, and, like, and one thing that was really good with me joining the team is the year before, I was one of the top uh, power forwards in that league. So everybody knew me. So, like, joining me with him was kind of like, a hold on, like, they really joining these two guys together. Like, this is going to be a tough matchup, you know? So... My thing is, I feel like I'm always trying to guard the best power forward. Whatever, if it's the five-man or the four-man overseas, it really doesn't matter because most of the time they're the same person, you know. So uh, me and him kind of got in battles on who wanted to guard the best player. <laughs> every time, like, <laughs> every game. I-, I want him. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember Perry Ellis from Kansas yep, yep. a couple years ago. He was, a, he was one guy we had matched up in playoffs, and he was their best, one of their best power forwards on their team. And me and him argued every day, like, and practice. Like, hey, bro, like, I got him. Like, I want him. No, bro, I got him. You know, so, like, that was one thing I respected because, you know, a lot of guys, especially big men, are afraid to guard guards or guard anybody that's really talented. So, he's, like, one thing I love about him is he never he never backs down from the smoke. Even if, like, even if he gets dunked on or gets crossed or gets hit with a move, he's coming back ready to play that next possession, you know, and – that's one thing I respect because I feel like as a young player, that was one thing that I had a problem with. Like, I would be confident to guard him that first possession, but if you give me a bucket that first possession, I might be a little timid coming the second time. <laughs> right. So, I think that uh, Vic is very capable of guarding 
one through five. You know, uh, wow. I, I wouldn't want him to guard the one from, you know, the chump. But if he ever gets caught in a switch situation, like, I'm, I'm confident. I'm very confident. You make a shot on him, it is what it is. But try that again. Like, let's see if you're going to make that shot again. That's how confident I am. And I feel like he's pretty confident himself on defense as well. So I think he can be very versatile on that defensive end. Well, that wingspan helps him when he's around with all those guards. Even if he gets beat, he can still make up because he has such an amazing wingspan. Mm-hmm. What was it like when y'all were traveling on the road, though, when y'all would go to different places? Obviously, he was the main attraction, but, you know, as you said, you had other players on that team. Were y'all like the Beatles or like a rock band everywhere y'all went, everybody wanted some? Some. <laughs> Definitely somewhat. Like, definitely got to travel and do a little couple things a little different that you might not get any other team. Like, Vic definitely has some pull. <laughs> I'll give him that. He made this year pretty easy for me to be in there. But uh, it was just wild because, like I, I, like I told you before, you know, when I'm the main – coming from America or coming from wherever you're coming to a team, there's only five of us. There's only five Americans on the team. So most of the time when you're in that city, you're the star. Because you're like coming from another country, like, hey, this is the guy we brought from America to lead our team. So this year playing with him was completely different. People, we had, we had like NBA players coming to our games. We had, I met Mbappe, like literally have a picture with Mbappe. I don't know how many, how, mm-hmm. how y'all know how rich this guy is. I, this guy, <laughs> I got a picture with him. This is all through Victor. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've met, I got a lot of. But it was just crazy because the fans would sometimes run us over trying to get to Victor. Like I've been, I've been pushed out the way. Hey, like excuse me, Victor, Victor, like come here, we trying to talk to you. So it was yeah, that was definitely an experience. But like he handled it so well. Like I felt like I felt like there was sometimes where I'd see him kind of getting bombarded by fans and stuff, and he'd just have a good mentality about it. To whereas like I'd be like, nah, man, I can do that. Like I'm tired today. Like I don't feel like talking to anybody. But it was like he always found some type of energy to, you know what I'm saying, to get up. I'm like, bro, I respect that because not everybody could do that. So it was definitely, like, uh, crazy. We had security every game. Hmm. Almost every game we played out was packed out just to come see him play. He was holding down for France. Like, the French, they love him. He was, like, now the French is uh, the French player of the NBA, you know, so everybody loves him. So it was definitely crazy doing all the travel and having to stay in different hotels, just making sure nobody knew where we were at. Hey, uh, let me ask you one more question, Tayshawn. We appreciate your time because we know you got lots, a lot going on, man. We know you're busy. Um, you've traveled right, a lot up. now uh, over overseas, been to a lot of different places. Um, what is your What are your thoughts about the food over there? Who's got the best food over there that you've been that you've tasted? Man, first, first day, first nothing's better than home. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Nothing's better than home. By the every by the end of the season, me and my wife are definitely ready to go home <laughs> and eat and go crazy whenever I get home. But from my experience, I would say the best food from the country is either Italy. Italy has some really good food. I bet. And I would say maybe Israel because Israel kind of expanded my palate. I got to Israel and started eating a little bit more different things. Okay. And kind of express it's kind of opened my 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 palate. So I definitely would say Israel's food was nice. definitely great as well. That's Didn't good expect to know. That. That's okay. right. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you was gonna say something <laughs> hey, like I'm Greece or something like that. Don't expect 
if y'all ever go to France, don't expect the food to be too good. That was one thing that hurt my feelings about France. <laughs> <laughs> Already. Oh, no doubt about it. Hey, let me ask you one more question. Because uh, you, since you went to Oklahoma, you ever been to Okarchi, Oklahoma? Where? Oh, <laughs> Okarchi, nope. Oklahoma. There's a place there called Aishin's Fried Chicken Bar. You ever been there before? Nah, man. I've never heard of that one. Okay. Just so you know, if you ever hang out in Oklahoma again, Dude, it might be it, it, honestly, it might be the best fried chicken I've had next to Frenchies. It's that damn good. It's a random place. Uh, hey, nah, that's that's a big claim right there. Man. I know. That's I'm telling you, bro. And bro, he's from H Town, so bro, he don't normally exactly. throw that out there. Bro, I went there. Me, Craig Way, and some other dudes went there, and I walked in, and they all they served was four things: like Frito pie, hot dogs, and a basket of fried chicken, a bucket actually, a tin bucket. And your boy got the chicken, no seasoning at all. It was so damn juicy, it like they killed it in the back right before I ordered it, bro. <laughs> it was amazing. It was good. So just check it out. I Fried Chicken Bar in Okarchi, Oklahoma. I'll never forget it. You know, as a brother, I don't travel to places like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nah, nah. That's, the, that's what I was talking about, that culture shock in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I understand what you mean. There's some spots you just like, I don't, might not need to go in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Man, Tayshawn, we appreciate you taking the time, brother. Best, uh, best of luck to you heading into For next sure. season, and best of luck for you as far as basketball is concerned, man. And it's gonna be fun, and we're my man Patrick, who asked you the question about all the positions. He's a huge San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. fan, and all we've been waiting for is for the Spurs to win that lottery and them to get Wimby. So he's all gassed up. So we appreciate you taking the time and giving us a little background on Wimbenyama. No Pat, no problem, man. Pat, hey, you got a new, you got a new Spurs fan right here too. Sure. You know, uh, I kind of, I'm, I'm definitely biased towards it. So you know, there's a new. Spurs fan out here in the world now too. So well, look, <laughs> no, we hey, appreciate man, we, it. We were watching you. Me and Hard were watching you in my office when we were watching some Mets uh, Met ninety two games. So so we watch you play. So you got fan me too. That's oh, right. That's right. Yes sir. Yes sir. I appreciate that man. I appreciate y'all having me. No Thanks, problem. Tayshon. Thanks, Tayshawn. Yeah, that's right, good I'm, stuff right there. Yeah, he's Tayshon. Awesome. Yeah, and he's, he's from good. he's from Vegas originally. That's, he was born there. Born in Vegas. Yeah, so originally born. And then in he Vegas. came to the K. Uh, did he came yeah. to the K? I went to school with his daddy. His daddy and his uncle uh, played football against them, and he was coming up. And I was I, he was another one of those players out of Colleen that you just knew had those genes in him yeah, that was going to get an opportunity to go play, play somewhere. Yeah. You'll, you'll have a chance to go pro. We don't yeah. know if you'll make it, but you'll have right. a shot. You'll have a shot at yeah. it. You can tell usually when yeah. you see a young when kid. When you see him, you know. Yeah. It's I've, like, okay. Yeah. I've called down a couple and been like, oh, he got a shot. And the dad's like, yeah, he got a shot. I was like, yeah, he got a shot. Yeah. I say he's going to make it, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I look up and I hear his name on the all-flex team. And I right, go, right. Yeah, I told you that young yeah, buck got, got a chance. chance. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you for that, Harsh. That was great, man. Take no Sean Thompson, Thomas. Yep. Remember the name um, because uh, he's a really cool dude, but also uh, really talented. I said yep. over there, not a lot of dogs over there. That's why you come in. When you bring them yeah. Americans, the Americans got to be them dogs. Said basically, you go over there, you're a bucket. They yeah. assume you're a bucket. <laughs> exactly. They assume that you're a bucket if you're They're coming American at player. your head yeah. right away. I like that. All yeah. right, we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Nine Horn. D Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of. 
off the record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Great interview with Tash- Tashawn Thomas. So uh, we were a little bit over. It was well worth it. So uh, not so much off the record. I will say this. I am off the record. I am out of line. I realized all the questions that I asked Tashawn were not about Wimby. Uh, all the questions I asked him, except for one, I believe, were about food. And I didn't realize that. That was not intentional. No, did you, you did great. I, did not, I, I, asked him, <laughs> I asked him four questions. I think three of them were about food. Did you Did you come into work hungry today? I have no idea. I, I him, think he did. And there were, two of them were about fried chicken. And somebody's like, why y'all keep talking about fried chicken? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I have no idea why I kept bringing up fried chicken with that young man. Because <laughs> he, he said he, was in, he, he went to U of H, so I yes. thought about Frenchie's fried chicken. Right across the street. And then he went to Oklahoma, so there was a fried chicken place in Oklahoma that I brought up. Yep. And then I asked him about the best tasting food he's had overseas. So yeah, I thought it was good. I Three thought it was perfect time. <laughs> it's pretty inappropriate. That. Yeah. I didn't come on to talk about food. I came on to talk about basketball. I asked you, man, about food. Well, just so you know, Sorry. he just sent me a text and he said, thanks for having me on the show, man. Y'all definitely had me cracking up, and I really enjoyed it. All right, good. So man. ask I'm him sorry. about chicken anytime you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you just didn't ask him about churches or KFC. Know, you know what I'm saying? Right. You asked about some specific type of chicken. Places. I did. I asked about some specific type of so chicken. So you were just throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. And he, he I, I guarantee he's gonna look up that uh, that Aishans oh, fried man, chicken. Oh, he bar. probably already did. He's probably uh, calling people like, man, y'all been to Aishans? If yeah. you come on the show, we may ask you about fried chicken. That's the ball don't lie. Fried chicken problem. That's what we want to make sure you good. And the texter says, what's wrong with Gus's fried chicken? J- just for full disclosure, I swear I am not BSing you. There's Gus's fried chicken in my fridge right now. See? <laughs> I so ain't it, nothing wrong I ate with it Gus's. for the last two days, so nothing is wrong with Gus's. Wrong I, that, that's why I'm obsessed with fried chicken. I've been eating it for two days, and I'm still talking about it. I, and if we could have got, like, six more questions, it may have come up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I would have rather come back. Hey, you know what? I got some fried chicken at the Matter house. Matter of fact, right hold on. Let me call him real quick and see if he want to come back on. <laughs> yeah, a two five five. We should have brought up that that hard. Exactly. Hey, hard. You are loyal to one fried chicken, Joseph. We're talking about That's fried chicken. It. And what is it? It is Church's fried chicken. Both. That is my spot. My mama was a manager there for seventeen years. Come she on was now. in charge regional. Huh. I'm all about. Church's so side chicken. There was many a night where it's like, what are we eating? You know what we uh, You know exactly Mama where we're getting it. Mama's breaking holes with chicken. That's right. People telling me, oh, y'all need to go try that Popeye's uh, chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, have y'all been to churches? Y'all need to go to churches and get that one. <laughs> hey, for real. Amen to that. Exactly. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, CDC. CDC spoke with Bobby Burton over at Inside Texas. So we had a lot of uh, audio cuts from CDC, and they were pretty good. I, so we'll play that on the other side. We'll talk some Texas sports overall, and we'll uh, uh, listen to the athletic director, uh, Chris Del Conte. All of that on more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful 9 Horn.